Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast Daily, where you can spend a few minutes each day with us to meditate on God's Word. Now, here's today's encouraging message. Hello, my name is Summer Ransom, and I serve at Golden Hills as the Women's Ministries Director for Bible Studies. In today's Golden Hills Podcast Daily, we'll be in the book of James, looking at chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Let's go ahead and read it now, starting with verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you are met with trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, before we jump too far in, I want to give us proper context for this passage. Because when James starts his letter with counted all joy, this is not a Hallmark-style platitude. You see, the James who wrote this letter is believed to be the brother of Jesus, the same James that is just a few short years away from being martyred. And as he tells us in verse 1, he's writing to the 12 tribes in dispersion. Well, they have been dispersed because of the persecution that arose in Jerusalem after the stoning of Stephen, which Luke writes about in Acts eleven nineteen. So we have a man, James, speaking from a place of great persecution to people who have potentially left their homes, their jobs, their families. They are people who are also experiencing great persecution and loss. So this imperative that James is going to give us, this is not a feel-good tagline. So let's read verses 2 through 4 again. Count it all joy, my brothers, when, notice that James does not say if here, but when, you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I don't know about you, but my natural reaction to trials is not joy. Not even a little joy, let alone all joy. But the all joy here is not referring to exclusivity. See, this is not a statement about only feeling joy. This statement is actually about the intensity, about wholehearted joy. James is not saying, feel nothing but joy in trials, but rather that our response to trials should be a genuine rejoicing. Now, I think James probably had specific trials in mind when he wrote this, yet James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, has left this beautifully vague. See, we are to count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet various kinds of trials. There is no excluding ourselves or our trials here, because trials are simply difficulties in life that may threaten our faithfulness to Christ. It's that simple. Whatever the trial may be, no matter how big or small it is, if it threatens our faithfulness to Christ, then that's exactly what James is speaking to. See, and we can never underestimate how God is going to use our time in a trial. But why are we to count this as joy? Well, 
because we know that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. James is making a very clear connection here between our trials and the testing of our faith. The word James uses here is translated as testing, is a word that can also be defined as to prove genuine. This word elsewhere in the Bible refers to the refiner's fire, whereas gold or silver is purified through fire, burning out all the impurities, leaving us with a genuine gold or silver. See, the purpose of trials is not to prove if we truly have any faith at all, but rather to purify the faith that we have, to mature the faith that God has given us. God is using these trials to produce steadfastness. Some other versions like uh, the NIV or King James may read endurance or perseverance. The concept here is that of bearing up under a weight, similar to resistance training or exercise. See, our muscles become strong when they have to endure under a heavy weight. As our faith's endurance grows through trials with this beautiful goal of lacking nothing. Nothing in the way of God's perfect character. He's calling us to joy in the middle of our trials because we rejoice that our Father in heaven, He is using these trials to produce traits in us that mirror His character. Church, hear me. That is our joy. The joy is not in the suffering itself, but that we, when we are seeking endurance and we are setting our confidence on our Father, We grow in our likeness to God, God who is lacking nothing. That is the beautiful perspective shift that James is giving us. It is shifting us from this horizontal view, a view of looking at the world around us, to a vertical view, a view of focusing on Christ, his kingdom, his character, his purposes. Right now, when I look around me at the horizontal view, it looks unsettling. But when I look up with a vertical view, I begin to rejoice because I see that our God, he is unchanging and he is still sovereign over all of this earth. But that's not all. Let's pick up in verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. The connection that James is making here with God's wisdom is not just limited to trials. See, James' statement about our accessibility to God for his wisdom, it's much broader than that. It's just ours. Let's hear the heart of our Lord here. He wants to give us what we need from him. He is not a miser. He is a kind father who knows that we don't have everything we need outside of him. James is giving us a rich truth that our father in heaven, he gives abundantly and he gives to us generously all that we need to please him. He loves to give us those things that make us like him, that bring that perfect and completeness that James is talking about at the end of verse four. Let us never hesitate to ask our Lord what we need from him to serve him. But this invitation does come with a caution. Let's look again at verses six through seven. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. 
For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The doubting here is referring to having two minds, which we see referenced again at the end of verse 8. Think of having one foot on each side of a fence, where you're never really in one place or with one focus. Your faith is really just dependent on whatever is working for you in any given moment. It's speaking to this habit of using God, His wisdom, and prayer as just another tool in your toolbox to help you get through rough seasons. God is not asking for perfect faith from us, but He is instructing us to ask with sincerity and a devotion to obey His way. He is creator of the universe, the source of all wisdom, and He is saying, It delights in me to share my wisdom with you abundantly. Just ask. But we should not dare to enter into that petition while choosing to keep our options open. Brothers and sisters, trials will come our way. Sometimes we face them alone or like now we face them as a world altogether. But when we are faced with trials, where do we look? Where are we getting our wisdom? Where are we getting our hope? Are we looking to the world around us or are we fixing our eyes on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? As 1 Peter 1 reminds us in verses 3 through 5, that according to his, speaking of God the Father, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Church, this is our hope. It is not found in looking to the world or the wisdom around us. It is not found in our ability to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get through a trial or grit our teeth until we have steadfastness. No, our hope lies in Christ and Christ alone and the work that He is doing in us during these trials. That kind, merciful work of sanctification. He is transforming us into His image for His glory and our joy. Let us pray that God will give us the wisdom that we need to focus on Him during this time of trial, and that He will give us all that we need to consider it all joy as we see the work that He is doing in us, around us, and through us during this time. We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hills Podcast in your favorite podcast app, like Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills.org. We hope you'll visit with us again tomorrow.